Are you looking to don a suit of armor, gather your weapons, explore dungeons, and slay dragons? If you are, this is the episode for you. Today, we speak with a local high-profile tech entrepreneur who is turning his attention to a mobile gaming studio located right here in our hometown. That studio has produced a game with millions of downloads and a solid growing revenue stream. All this coming up on Techopia Live. I'm Michael Curran from the Ottawa Business Journal. Welcome to Techopia Live. This is a regular podcast from OBJ that features executives from next generation technology companies. We want to shine a spotlight on the up and comers. We also want to keep you updated on the established players, all with a goal of keeping the tech sector informed and connected. In today's episode, we speak with a serial entrepreneur who's played a very high profile role in the tech scene, probably for the better part of 20 years. I'm not exactly sure of that number. And as I read his bio facts here, many of you, in fact, might guess his name. He co-founded UITV way back in 2008. He left the CEO role in, at UITV after US media giant Warner Media bought the company for reported $100 million. Today, we catch up with him and learn about some of his new ventures. Please welcome our special guest. Here is Jason Flick. Hey, Michael. Glad to be here. I am very happy to reconnect with you, Jason. Uh, it's been a while, I think, since we've bumped into each other. Oh, no, that's not true. We saw each other last week at uh, Invest Auto at the Mayor's Economic Summit. But it's it's great to see your face and, and great to know that you're doing exciting things in the local tech sector, uh, Jason, still. So let's jump right in here. And the, maybe the first thing I'll ask you to do, uh, Jason, is to bring people up to speed. So you were so well connected, you and your co-founder with uh, UITV, you left after it was acquired. What happened next, Jason? Yeah, it was a clean. It was a clean handoff. As I, we mentioned in the in the beforehand, two weeks that we really did that handoff, and then I was done, and I didn't have to work ten hours a day, six days a week. You know the typical. Uh, so yeah, I I took some time. I was hoping to travel the world. I don't have to explain why that dream um, that I had many years ago didn't come true yet. So I, I stuck around and really got invested uh, in some businesses, um, rejoined the board of Invest Ottawa, um, did a lot of work just getting myself in order in 2021, and then finally now doing doing some travel. Um, got uh, learned how to surf, got my um, uh, scuba certification, you know, all these things that, you know, you just were on your bucket list, but you didn't have to do. And then now I think almost, I think we're almost a few months away now from two years and kind of getting settled into kind of investing and, and being a CEO mentor. And, and I speak at some corporate events just to kind of share the, the scars and experience from UI, which, um, you know, it's always, it's always hard to measure, but in the end you do, can, you do have to measure. And I, I think it was a great success for myself and, and, uh, all of our employees who were shareholders. Well, we're we're happy it didn't take off uh, simply to a surf beach and and never to, never to be seen again. And of course, we're going to focus on the future in this discussion. But I just want to dwell on the exit because there's you know so many entrepreneurs, potentially some of them 
watching this episode who have exited a company or or dreaming of that exit, was it everything, looking back at it, was it everything you imagined? I mean, I, I got your reference that um, the pandemic kind of put a, a, a kink in your uh, your plan to go travel the world and that. But looking back, uh, maybe a couple years later, Jason, Good, bad, ugly. Any any thoughts on what what transpired yeah, back then? Sure. I mean, um, I mean, we wanted to, we were trying to be the platform for every screen, right, and not care about the OS, so that anybody could build an app and it would run on TVs and cars and phones and gaming consoles. So we only got maybe ten percent of that that done. So that was unfortunate. But you know, it was acquired by a company that immediately opened up eighty recs and has and has deployed apps on hundreds of millions of devices now everybody um they kept every person and hired more so i think in the end it was very good would we have loved to have kept going further maybe there each inflection points adds risk and we brought in every type of capital you can imagine private equity vc um, subordinate debt and as you kind of assemble all that stuff a clock starts ticking and it, it did align and it was it was good. Uh, I would have loved to have seen it to its conclusion. Some company will eventually do what we were aiming for, but uh, yeah, it was good. Everybody did well. It brought a lot of um, uh, wealth and connections and career progression for uh, a lot of uh, Ottawa employees. All right, good. Well, well, thanks for looking back at that, but let's, as I promised, look forward. And uh, the main topic of discussion I think here today is going to be a gaming studio. I think that's how you describe it called Northern Forge Studio. You co-founded it. Tell us that story. Yeah, so um, kind of embarrassing now, but I loved Pokemon Go uh, even as an adult, I guess, because it was out when I was an adult. So I played a fair bit with my kids and even a little bit without my kids. But, you know, eventually it got tired and I'm like, Pokemon Go competitors, like what else is out there? Right? I want something a bit richer and found this game called Orna. And uh, it was the de facto existing game left that was a competitor to Pokemon Go. And I started playing it. And I'm like, this feels like it might be like a one guy studio. And as always, I love to mentor and help entrepreneurs. I figured probably lives in Texas or Europe or who knows where and started talking to him because he's very accessible. Just the whole way he built the game, embracing his community was so cool. And so I'm chatting with him, and next thing you know, we find out we live blocks from each other. And I said, okay, I, let, we've got to do this together. He was thinking, what's next? Do I take the game seriously? Do I move on to something else? And uh, he decided to take the game seriously. And since then added six uh, people and really, really grown the game. But we said, we've got to do more than just that. And, and it wasn't even incorporated, right? Like he just did it out of passion on the side. So we said, let's create a gaming studio. We worked on a vision and a mission for it and uh, put that IP in there and now created a second game. I said six employees from all over the world. We hired our fans. It was awesome. It still is. I mean, it's awesome. Every meeting, it's great. You're sitting in there and you're, you're, you're brainstorming solving problems for a game when every one of the employees is a super fan. It's cool. That is a remarkable coincidence. <laughs> like true, truly remarkable. It is. It, yeah. yeah. In the world wide web, you know, this uh, the creator of this game uh, uh, called Orna. So I think we got it. So he had done this kind of as a little bit of hobby. You identified connected. So let's let's talk about the game now. You reference Pokemon Go, Go, and there's a connection if people are familiar with Pokemon Go towards what people might know there and what you're doing. But the game's called Orna, the first game. Is that right? Correct. And tell us about Orna. 
Yeah. So it's got kind of all the things that are in, that are in style right now. It's got retro graphics. Um, it has GPS. You need to walk around, discover things around you in the world. Um, you'll find monsters, you will find dungeons and arenas, but you have to move around. You have to solve missions. There's, um, uh, new pieces that you can uh, activate and then it sets you on a mission of puzzles you have to go solve. You're seeing right now the video. This is our brand new feature. Both games are live ops. We can talk about that in a minute, but we've added a whole new towers piece where you have these, um, you have to go through every level. You're seeing some of them now. These are inside the towers and you have to solve them and unlock them and get more materials to build them. And in your hometown, you can build these towers and people can see them. Um, and it adds a whole new piece because we have players that are two years in and hardcore and this really builds more content for them. But as you'll see, it's a live ops game. So every month we have new content, new, t new um, challenges for them to do. Wow, that's that's really neat. Uh, and I, I did uh, download it last night. And when I was going out for walking my dog, Jason, and I fought a green slime monster just down the street from me. It's hard for people to believe, but there was a green slime monster. And did I killed him? it, Jason. Good. I got him. Yeah, a little bit of defense, a little bit of offense. I'm, I'm sure I did it wrong. but uh, which, which class did you choose? This is going to tell people a lot about uh -oh. you. Which class? Well, I can't, there was like a body type. So I went like, I was a warrior, but then uh, there was an A and B option. I yeah. went B and I don't yeah. know why I went B. That's all right. That's good. You know, and yeah, we we're we're very generic about things. I'm actually in the game, which is pretty cool. I, there's a, if you really okay. scroll down, you can find an, an, a 16 bit version of Jason. It's pretty hilarious, but yeah, that is funny. That is funny. I, I do like the retro graphics. It reminded me of the late eighties or early nineties, whenever 16 bit was around, but, uh, it was a little bit of a throwback. So that's really cool. Tell us about the business model a uh, bit, Jason. So um, it's free to play, free to download, free to play. I did very quick, by the way. I didn't have to like do all this registration and I didn't have to necessarily give my email on that. So very quick to start playing. Took a few minutes, but tell us about the business model. Yeah. And so that is part of our core values, right? One of the things that um, we did when I, before we co-founded it, just really what are our core values? And um, that's one of the big ones. So you're not going to see a lot of ads or no ads. You're not going to see a lot of pushing to purchase anything. Um, I don't really recommend this business model to anybody because you have to build the entire game, get it really working well, get millions of downloads, and then hope that the top 5% actually pay and use consume things. But we've gotten there, right? That's the hard part to do. So um, the business model is around um, skins, which in a 16-bit game, they're simplistic, but they're still really cool. We have a designer and even our community sometimes that build these just, the, the limitations of 16-bit actually makes it even more delightful, I think, when you see some of the, the skins you can purchase. You can also purchase some potions, but we will never be a pay-to-win game. Similar to Fortnite, you can spend, and some people spend thousands of dollars a month, um, and it doesn't help you in the game any. And so that's a key thing for us is to make okay. it not pay to win. And you're competing equally against everybody. If you're a, in a country where you can't afford to spend lots of money or you're here where maybe you have more expendable, you're all equal. If you run into each other, you've had to grind and do it, get all that equipment um, by just, you know, the work to do it. Well, that sounds like a very ethical approach. And I, I don't think we've explicitly said it. This isn't a game that like hundreds or thousands there's millions of downloads of this thing, right, Jason? Millions of downloads, hundreds of thousands of active users a month. And um, wow, 
you will see people everywhere. You will, there's, I travel to some pretty wild places and it's so cool to load it up and see, yep, these domains, because you can take over regions and you can build houses and you can build stores. And uh, man, I see them everywhere. I, I have not found too many places unless it's very remote where someone hasn't loaded it up and taken over the area. So it's a lot of fun. That's incredible. Wow. That is really neat. And tell us a little bit about the future. We're, we're going to uh, take a sponsor break here in a second, but the future of Northern Forge. So I heard it's 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 hiring some employees. They have a second game. Like wh where is this going, do you think? Yeah. So we, we've built a second game now, built on the engine we have. But I think the real core IP, as I've been digging into this with my co-founder and looking at it, is how we embrace our audience. So we like we're translated into 17 different languages. That would be an enormous cost. You'd have to be a 50 person VC backed company that either, you know, succeeds or goes out of business because we embrace our community. We have over 200,000 people on our discord servers and we have a whole hierarchy where you can volunteer, be part of the game and your translations and um, ideas really matter. We have beta testers that are on there and these are just our, our kind of most hardened uh, avid fans and they, they love it. They, they work for us for free. It allows us to do this with six people right now, a couple of which are even part-time because of all this extra help and it makes for a better game and they love it. And I think that's gotta be a new way going forward. This idea of taking a hundred million dollars building it all out. Um, what was the Pokemon Go competitor there? The Wizards Unite? I mean, I was I saw both ends of that because I was working with the media companies through UI as they were building the game and the money they spent on that. And then, yeah, it just failed. Just zero. You know, wow. you can't do that. That that and, and most games aren't successful. You have to iterate. And if you're okay. spending 100 million just to get the assets built like that did, then you have to tank it as soon as you know it's not going to generate it. So Starting a game off, building it organically and using your community, critical. So I, I think long-term, we've got our second game. I want to work with studios, do some mentorship, and eventually bring studios in that have that same value and belief. And there's no need to have a floor of lawyers and a and 100 developers. I think each game can be done with a really scrappy team of you know, 10, 20 maybe. And I think that's the long-term uh, goal for us is to just continue to build that up. And just before we take that break, maybe just uh, any observation on the gaming scene in Ottawa. So, you know, we've been aware of it at OBJ for, for years and years. It's a little bit below the radar, but there are some pretty significant players right here in Ottawa that are that are doing, I don't know if I would say similar projects, but gaming projects. Yeah, there's a lot of um, companies building games for other people. So that's so that's great. So there's tons of gaming talent. But, you know, to get a VC to fly here and get a game funded, very difficult. We're not known for building our own games. We have done a bunch for sure, but nothing. Most of it's like, you know, Mattel does a million dollar contract to get a, a, a company here to build a Mattel game. So you don't have the marketing issue. You don't have the drive. It's going to launch. Scrabble was created here. There's, I could probably go on for an hour listing all the tier one games you know of and didn't know were built here. But really, if you want to bring value to Ottawa, we have to be creating the original content. It has to be built, designed, developed, marketed, and delivered out of Ottawa. And so I, I want to focus more on that. And there's a lot. There are so many little two, three-person companies building really amazing games that I think they just need a little bit of a boost. And so what can we do as Northern Forge to help them be more successful? As they say, the, you know, the tides rise all boats. And I want to just continue to see um, us all help each other. And there's, there's no competition. There's, 
the the video game industry dwarfed the movie industry i think it's 15 years ago so there are billions and billions of dollars there's no need to compete we could have 100 highly successful games and we wouldn't even dent the gaming market so how do we help each other yeah thank thanks for making that distinction by the way and and kind of what the community's been and and what your vision is for the future so we're going to put you on hold here jason we want to keep on talking to you about you know, other things you might be doing in Ottawa. Before we do that, though, I want to pause for a second to recognize the sponsor of this episode, TD Bank. TD's relationship team is committed to your business. They take the time to understand your business and provide banking solutions that can help you achieve your business goals. A dedicated local team allows for deeper customer relationships and better service. They take the time to learn about your business and industry so they can react to changes in the marketplace and anticipate your business's evolving banking needs. Your relationship team can also connect you with other specialists at TD to help move your business forward. And once you're up and running, TD continues to actively manage your relationship, looking for ways to help grow your business. Learn more at tdcommercialbanking.com. All right, we're back speaking with Jason Flick. We're talked uh, for several minutes about Northern Forge, and Jason, I want to figure out what else you're doing in the community. I know you're you're a man of uh, great passion. We just I could sense that when talking about Northern Forge. But what other whatever other things are on your radar these days? Yeah, I, so uh, you know it's been interesting taking the last while and distilling it down. I've had some weeks where I kind of got back to like seven, eight meetings a day. It's like, that's too much, you know. So finding that balance, I'm still figuring that out. That might be a lifetime thing. But I think I've kind of broken down what I'm doing, at least from a business point of view, into investing. And I've invested in four companies now um, in the Ottawa and uh, Toronto region. Um, CEO mentorship, just to sit down, like having been at the top of a company and had to reinvent myself and deal with all those stresses, I, I actually um, really enjoyed sitting down with CEOs and helping them to get through some of that and use some of those scars and lessons I've learned. And um, and all the mentoring I've benefited from. And then a corporate speaker, I'll, I'll speak at some corporate events. It's not not something really even to generate revenue, just to kind of spread all the lessons learned. I, I really feel what we built at UI was was pretty special and it, it can be copied. And I think the more you do it, the more people love to work at your company. So those are kind of the areas I'm working in. But of course, join the Invest Ottawa board as well. I've joined yeah. four other boards. Uh, helping community Invest Ottawa is just into its five-year planning session. Again, I said, this is a great time. I was off for a few years. Um, stayed on the innovation board. I've been on that, I think, 12 years running, I think, just helping out with uh, the events and stuff. But being on the main board really helps to make sure that the entrepreneurial perspective is there because it's it's a that's a tough job they have, right? Handling all the different, they have customers that fund them. They have uh, people that want to use them and their services and they have space. So I think to me in Ottawa anyways, that's where I can make the biggest uh, impact with a relatively small amount of time. It's, it's, it's complicated, you know, the mandate of, of Invest Ottawa, they just celebrated uh, their 10th anniversary. So that was uh, a pretty cool milestone to uh, sit. One of, one of the things I've appreciated about you, Jason, there's many, and I'm not trying to butter you up, but um, you, you are very community minded and you, you tend to get involved and have a sense of the broader local technology community. And, and honestly, that isn't the case for most CEOs. Many CEOs are so heads down, they're putting like 100%, and they don't fault them at all, 100% of their en energy into their own company. So whenever I speak to you, Jason, I'm always keen to get your perspective, given your longevity and community commitment, to ask you, 
what is your general observation in how the local tech sector, and I know, you know, you need to kind of zoom up on, on a question like that, but what is your general observation on what's happening uh, in tech right now in Ottawa? I mean, so tech is going through a, a whole thing in itself in general, right? Investors, money's being pulled out, which makes no sense to me that VC should be investing in the down, down times um, as, as that's when the great companies are being built. Um, but in Ottawa, I think it's been interesting to see, I'm seeing more and more collaboration, which is great. I, one of the reasons I joined Invest Ottawa 10 years ago was one of the, the founding members of founding board members was to get um, these universities, big business that's in Ottawa. There's lots of big businesses here, global businesses and the startups all working together and getting more of that overlap. Our startups have great technology. Big businesses can't build great technology. They just, they can't innovate. And the universities have incredible talent that they can bring. And so the colleges to these, these startups and big business. So getting them working closer together, which is really, I think one of the secret sauces of Silicon Valley, sure funding, but I think we've made huge progress in funding. Obviously funding's down now in every sector, but Ottawa has really done well to get the funding that it needs and to educate CEOs on how to raise capital. Um, so I think that's the key thing. And just the collaboration, like I remember when I started my company, it was a tiny group of us. We'd meet in the St. Anthony soccer club. I didn't even know that place existed. We'd have a case of beer and chat. And now, wow, you know, the, the programs that are available, it's, it's incredible. And that's really helped Ottawa. And now we've got lots of huge companies and lots more startups. I want to see them all working together closer though. Give me, just a, just quickly, uh, we'll wrap up here in a minute, but one thing that makes you optimistic about the local tech sector, and, and maybe you've already said it, maybe it's the funding, and one thing that you think is a challenge. Any quick thoughts on what makes you optimistic? What, what yeah. makes a so, challenge? So we're the technology behind most companies you know and love, and that's booming. Um, we love bootstrapping. We, we don't like to take $100 million and turn it into a billion. We like to just be scrappy, figure it out, adapt, be customer focused. This, what we're going into now, is perfect for the DNA of Ottawa. Um, you know, challenge, I think, you know, working closer with the post-secondaries and big okay. business. And we, we, I want to comment on the CEOs. You're right. Most CEOs don't spend time locally. I can tell you firsthand, I do it to give back, but you know what? It's paid dividends, you know, going out and taking your time as a CEO, involving yourself in the community. We would get five to 10 times the number of um, resumes that other companies would our brand awareness, the great stuff the OBJ has done for us to raise our awareness. I've told you many times when we get covered in the OBJ, my inbox fills up more than any. I've been on CNN. We've been on Variety. My inbox fills up with more stuff that helps the business when I get on some of the OBJ events than I do in those other ones. So, you know, focus on it. Help help the local companies. Yeah. We certainly won't disagree with the local focus. I, I think there is a business case and ROI to getting involved locally and fully appreciate you know that that people need to stay laser sharp on on their global vision and that jason before we wrap up i want to get your sense of uh on this question uh ey the uh, global accounting and consulting firm is a major sponsor of techopia and their slogan is building a better working world i kind of, I kind of like it to, to, to be honest uh, it's a it's a nice vision so i always like to ask our guests as we're wrapping up how is jason flick building a better working world 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, one investing with purpose, just be, be logical. A lot of people do investing and say, how do I double my money in 10 years? Like use purpose and purpose will actually drive, I think what you want. But if I look at me personally, and I just did one of these a couple of weeks ago, I have a deck on all the lessons learned a very unvarnished reality of the, the pros and cons of what it took to get UI where it was and the areas that were really good and where we struggled. And, um, I, and I, I'll, I do those talks and I think that really empowers the staff gets communication happening. And I think, um, really kind of boosts a lot of the key things that we focused on in culture in those companies and makes it better to better place to work. So I want to make more companies, better places to work by helping them with their culture. And my little piece is doing this, uh, doing this, this talk that I'll do, uh, at corporate events. And it's great afterwards. I usually have like a half an hour of people lining up, asking questions and it's just great. And they they open up more. So that's hopefully, I think, um, scalable and a big impact and doesn't take much time off of. Yeah, um, very neat. And, it, you know, people love stories, Jason, as you know, but they also love people that are authentic and people who are vulnerable to tell the real story. So it's not, you know, the rock star tech CEO story. I think you're you're telling it, uh, yeah. telling it like it is and keeping it, it right. It only, it only looks like this when you zoom way back. In reality, it was like this, you know? Yeah. And oh yeah, that, some, some years you're like, did we go up? Yeah, okay, this was, you know, yes. And that's how you learn. Yeah, absolutely. Jason, I wanna thank you for being part of this, but, but maybe more than that, I wanna thank you for staying involved in the local tech community, coming back to Invest Ottawa and making these, uh, these investments. Uh, uh, Northern Forge is a great example of that. Thanks for identifying this potential. Wish you best of luck in, in all these ventures. Thank you, Michael. Pleasure. Thanks, Jason. Take take care. All right. Well, uh, let's before we wrap up, let's take a look at some of the other great companies that champion Techopia. Techopia is brought to you by many great sponsors, such as EY, Building a Better Working World. Number Crunch, offering virtual CFO services for SaaS companies. Pearlie Robertson Hill and McDougall, a leader in business and technology sector law. TD Bank, specialized programs for technology companies. The University of Ottawa Faculty of Engineering, creating the next generation of technical talent. Techopia is not only a podcast, we post new articles daily at obj.ca slash techopia. And if you're on YouTube, please subscribe and click the bell icon. Big thank you once again to Jason Flick uh, and exciting to watch what's happening at Northern Forge. I'll be fighting more green slime monsters on my street as I walk my dog tonight. You've got my commitment on that, Jason. Uh, thank you for watching and listening. Hey, I wanted to give you a heads up on one quick thing. We're about to launch something uh, an annual magazine that puts Ottawa's technology sector into context. We've created the magazine in partnership with EY. We're having an event at Queen Street Fair on March 6th. That's a Monday night from about 6 to 8 o'clock, maybe a little bit longer. It's, uh, it's going to be a fun night. It's really a chance for the local tech sector and leaders and workers to reconnect. If you want to go, it's invite only, but send me an email at publisher at obj.ca, publisher at obj.ca. I'll add you to the list. Uh, that's it for this episode of Techopia Live. We hope we're keeping you connected and informed. Let's keep building Ottawa's technology utopia. We call that Techopia. See you soon. Bye-bye.